Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Purchase your hard copy or ebook at billboardinsider.com. Today's podcast guest is Justin Powell, founder and CEO of Huntington Billboards, a family-run out-of-home firm uh, with billboard faces across the Midwest. Justin represents the best of the new generation of out-of-home entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Justin. It is such a pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Justin, how did you enter the out-of-home business? (laughs) (laughs) Great question, Dave. Great question. I want to say first, Thank you for for publishing and doing the Billboard Insider website. Boy, I'll tell you what, what I do every morning is I wake up, I look at my company reports, and then I immediately read Billboard Insider. So thank you for that. Yeah, thrilled to hear that. Yeah, when I when I started in billboards, you know, there just was so little information. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like new entrants into our industry just have such a great resource in Billboard Insider. So well done to you and your partners. Checks in the mail at the end of the podcast. Now, uh, <laughs> you you entered the Billboard business in the middle of the crisis of, didn't you, of 2009. Yeah. Talk about that's an amazing that's right. story. Yeah, that's right. So I, I graduated college early. I was, I was 20 years old, graduated from Liberty University, and I, I, I had just gotten, I was, I was doing an internship in Washington, D.C., and at that time, it was just, it was kind of a toss up. It was, I was either, Dave, I was either going to go into government and, and work for congressman or senator, or I was going to come back to my little country home in Dark County, Ohio, God's country. And, and I wanted to start my own company. You know, I, that was, that was kind of, that was, that was the option. And I, I got to DC, I spent about six months there and I just, I just was like, you know, I think I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to drive my little pickup truck yeah. down the back street and and just tootle around. And, 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 you know, the people I've known all my life, I want to come back here and I want to want to make my life here. And so I had no idea, Dave, what I was going to start when I got back. I just knew I wanted to start something. And so I made a big list and it's I call it my new venture checklist. Right. And it basically kind of helps me kind of helps me prioritize what's important to me, helps me prioritize the things that I want out of a business. And so, you know, I looked at everything from restaurants, decided not to do that because just, you know, basically having to be there all the time, it, you know, it's very hard to get a restaurant going to, to insurance companies, you know, on and on and on. I, mm-hmm. I, looked at, I looked at so many things and my uncle or excuse me, my cousin and uncle actually came to me and said, Justin, like, you know, there's this empty billboard down on 75 and, um, you know, that seems like a fair business. Why don't you go see if you can buy that? <laughs> You're kidding. As you could. Yeah. No kidding. That's yeah. literally how it started. And as you might imagine, it was an on-premise sign and mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I, I couldn't purchase it for off-premise advertising, but that got me, that got me thinking, you know? And, yeah. and you know, what was funny was I'm, I'm about four months into this kind of journey of figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was 20, 21-ish and parents were not thrilled. They, at this point, they have raised a son, they had mm-hmm. helped him graduate from college, and they're like, is this kid ever going to go get a real job? <laughs> and, yeah. and so, so I, you know, I saw that, and I thought that's a great idea, and I wanted to pursue it, but that, at that point, my parents looked at me and goes, Justin, I think you need to go get a real job. Mm-hmm. And so I dressed up in a suit, I got my suit on, I went to downtown Dayton, <laughs> And I started knocking on doors yeah. to try to find a job. 
and no one would hire me. It was terrible times. I remember those times. I was getting a call a week from a client that was saying, hey, I can't make your loan payment this week. I mean, it was it was a difficult time, wasn't it? It was so hard. But here's the deal, though. I am so grateful for that mm-hmm. because I, I went back to my parents with the excuse, there's no jobs. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I'm going to there have weren't. to create my yeah. own jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so they gave me a little bit more space and they were very gracious. Mm-hmm. And they said, all right, well, you know, you need to really, you know, really hustle and figure out what you want to do. So, you know, I was interested in this billboard thing. I had, I'd kind of gotten a little, I liked, I liked the math behind it. Mm-hmm. I liked the asset class. And I, I just kept thinking, I kept thinking, man, if I could get in this, it'd be great. So, so being new in the business with knowing zero owners, knowing zero people in this industry, I thought to myself, you know, there's a bunch of empty billboards around because it was, you know, 0809 or 10. You know, there's just not yes. a lot, you know, there's just not a lot going on. There's empty billboards. So I literally went around started knocking on these billboard owners doors and um, you know, we're not, you know, I, I, I was not smart enough to, to, to not know that Lamar was in, in, in large companies, large companies for public companies. I just didn't know, you know, and I, so I go knock on their door and I was like, you know, hi, I'm Justin, you know, would you be interested in selling me that billboard? I'd be interested in. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and they said, you know, they said, get lost. <laughs> get so, lost you know, yeah. That to me, yeah, that, that to me was, you know, kindly, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Very kindly. Yeah, that to me was like affirmation, oddly off affirmation of like, oh, my gosh, if they're not willing to sell these during a recession, right. you know, maybe there was something. And so I basically went and locked myself in my bedroom for six months and figured out zoning and mm-hmm. found my very first location in this little town of New Carlisle, Ohio, and very dear landowners who are friends to this day. Went to them and and they gave they they gave, they had pity on on a young <laughs> you know entrepreneur yeah. who, who wanted to give it a shot and it, it's funny because I look at their property now and it's like a five acre property and on that right. property they have on my my very first billboard and they have a cell phone tower so I go man that is the best return on five wow. acres you could ever imagine. wow now you built a lot of small signs is this was the first one a small sign yes yes mm-hmm. it was it was eight foot or excuse me eight by twenty. Mm-hmm. And it was a two-pole structure. Mm. It cost me three times more than it should have. And, and then I, I spent the next two months knocking on doors <laughs> to try to rent it. And, uh, yeah. I, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Dave. I'll tell you this. This is a lesson, actually, that I, I learned. I, I, know, I know I think there's a question you, you, you posed yes. that I'd like to you know, maybe address now. It's like you know, something I learned was, you know, I'm three weeks into this, yeah. to knocking on doors. Yeah. I'm Seven months into this venture, mm-hmm. and I knocked on I knocked on a business, and it was a it's a large business, but it was a franchise mm-hmm. of this large business. And I, you know, at this point, I am twenty one. I am, you know, my parents at this point are going, our child is throwing <laughs> away his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I I find the owner of this business, and he looks at me and goes. Yes, you know, I'll rent your sign. Yeah, wow. sure. And I mean, I, I, I was wow. elated. I mean, it was absolutely elated. You have no idea. Yeah. And he goes, do you have a contract? And I didn't <laughs> even have a contract. That's just, I mean, that's how yeah. I experienced it was. Yeah. And he looks at me and goes, all right, bring me back a contract a week from today. Wow. But, Justin, it needs to be for twice the amount. Mm. You're of, kidding. Of what, yeah. of what you're going to charge. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had I had zero idea of, 
of what of what was happening. And I remember calling. There was Tom Geeskin, Geeskin Outdoor, yes. was the one person that I had met early mm-hmm. on. And I called him up and I said, Tom, you know, what's happening here? And he mm-hmm. goes, oh, Justin, that's easy. He he gets 50% back from, from his franchise. Yes. And he wants the franchise to cover the whole thing. Oh. And he goes, he goes, you don't want to do that. That's dishonest. It's yeah. not right. Yeah. And, and like, they're trying to cheat their franchise. And wow. I just remember, I mean, I mean, it, I wow. went from elation, you know, I went from yeah. elation to absolute, you know, in the pits. And yes. um, I, I was like, well, I guess I'll go back and I'll see, you know, what he has to say. So I went back and I, I looked the guy in the eye and I said, Hey, you know, I, here's my contract. We can do this, but I, you know, right. I'm only going to bill you for, for the amount that I'm actually charging you. And he looked at me and goes, well, I'm not doing it then. <laughs> and uh, walked yeah. out. And wow. I, I just, rem- I just remember at that point, just thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is just so hard. And yeah. um, it was a good lesson though. I mean, it was a very good lesson. Cause it was like, look, you know, to me, it was a little bit of kind of a, kind of, kind of a, a, a decision, make a hallmark moment in my life where it was like, look, well, how are you going to do business? You know, how, how is this right. going to go? And, and, and if you can make this decision now, you're going to make this decision for the rest of your life. And so I, I walked away and the next day, the next day, David, or Dave, I, I went into a small restaurant that was actually almost across the road from that business. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at me and goes, you know, I've noticed that sign. I drive past it every day. Yeah. I will rent it for a whole year and let's make this happen. And he rented it and he was on that sign for eight years. And wow. I, it's just, I'm so grateful to him. I'm so grateful to that, to that company. And, you know, and then, and then from there we, we built one sign and, and then we continue to build an ad as we went. And I'll tell you after, after that whole ordeal, I remember thinking to myself, my gosh, if this keeps going at this pace, I'll be able to support myself when I'm mm-hmm. about 43 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, tell me this, Justin, how many signs are you up to now? How many faces? We are up to right around 1,800 displays. It's remarkable. How do you find winning locations? You've got a really interesting approach. combines traffic count, but it also combines what you call your KIST formula. But how do you find winning locations? Sure. So we... We have a pretty robust search system. It involves three things. It involves uh, regulatory, it involves socioeconomic data, and then it involves competitive analysis. And so we actually will, will do a high-level search on markets on all three of those things. And we, we have, I mean, it is, it is very detailed, but we give scores for each of, of those kind of categories. Mm-hmm. And then that that kind of we, we have a weighted system that actually produces an overall number for a market and then an overall number for each billboard. And so once you once you drill down, it's like this this billboard is, you know, out of a scale of 10, this billboard is a six. And as a result of, of that scoring, we expect this billboard to do this amount of revenue and and, and the billboard's gonna cost this much. And as a result of that in our margins, we will it will return a x amount percent return and so we you know we have that for the geographies we choose to go into and then we have that for specific signs and kind of have a threshold of of where and what we're willing to put signs into and you know what's what's interesting dave is when you have this system that is very equation-based very data-driven it's fascinating because what you find is there's signs that 
a lot of people would not build mm. that we build. And there's a lot of signs that other people would build that we choose not to. And, and it's driven by, it's driven by our returns, not upon, you know, the, the flashy, you know, gorgeous, beautiful locations. It's driven on returns because that's what we're after. You know, it's, yeah. you can, you can get the, you know, and so that, that's what we do. And, you know, we have a pretty robust system and, and it, Worked and out really well. Am I right? You're willing to do smaller signs, keep your costs down, and maybe do smaller signs in certain markets, and maybe in a four hundred or five hundred dollar a month market, you're able to. If you keep your costs down, you can still get a reasonable return. But you ha- you can't build a really expensive big sign. Am I, am I right? We have. <laughs> I have two amazing general managers who have come from other billboard companies and the sales general manager came to me. And when we were building, we would, you know, for the first six months, every time we would come to him and say, you know, we're going to build here. What, what should we build? And he, he would say, I need you to build me a 14 by 48 there. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and it's just, I mean, that's, it's just, he, it was just <laughs> yeah. a 10 by 10, six by 36, a 14 by 48, yeah. you know, and it was just, it was his answer every time. And it was, it was, it was always funny because we started joking about it. I'm like, I know you want to build a 20 by 60 here, right, but, right. but what, what, you know, what, what should we really do? And so what, what, what I did is, you know, I just, I just, I tried everything back to numbers and mm-hmm. it was just like, look, here's what each of these size of signs is going to cost. Yeah. Okay. We are going to build the minimum size signs to derive the most income and the best returns. And so, you know, a lot of times a eight by 20 will, will do just as fine as a 12 by 24. Yeah. If the mark, you know, if the location is close enough to the road yep. and you know, the visibility is good, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. We can get as much revenue and, and our cost structure is so much less that the returns become a whole lot more attractive. Now, the KIST, I've always been impressed by the KIST acronym. Talk about what is KIST and how, how have you used it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I say KIST, but it's really more like SIST, but that doesn't yes. sound good at all. So it's, it's CISD. It's yes. CISD. And we desire to build billboards that are on, on curves. That's the C. At intersections, that's the I. And then the S is speed. Speed, right, lower speed. So if mm-hmm. we can, if we can get billboards along roads that are 25 or 35, we just have longer views on our billboards, right? And then the last one is is demand. And and so what ends up happening is we try to go into markets in locations that that are that are the CIS, right? That, that are the better locations that we know we're going to have longer view times. Where they, you know they're going to be on curves. People are driving into them. And then and then as we get locations and as we install locations on on those type of locations then we kind of have a little bit of a weather vane idea of, of what the market can bear and then and, and where we have demand. And then that's where we start, you know, looking at demand. Where do we have demand and where, you know, where are we willing to kind of like compromise a little on, on, on those type of the first three criteria to get locations where we know we have demand. And, you know, that, that system directly, directly kind of went into our kind of larger equation system where, where it's, you know, what we do is essentially weight different factors of, of the billboard into getting to getting a score, and and so that's you know that's that's the beauty is we started with we started with that, and now it's one element amongst amongst many of of what we look for in new locations. If you develop out of home advertising sites, you need Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Out of home attorney Jennifer Sloan says, "I wish I had that book when I started in this industry." It would have saved me a lot of headaches. Yes, Go Outdoors, Pat O'Donnell calls it a must-read for anybody doing development. Purchase your hard copy or ebook 
at billboardinsider.com. Justin, how I'm really curious how you finance your company. You know, if I do the math and I say maybe 900 locations, 1,800 faces, and I know you guys build smart, even if, if I do the math and say you build for 25000 a structure, that's $22 million in in capital to build this amazing company. How have you been able to bootstrap and finance your company? Great question. And I'll say this, you know, it's uh, I I look enviously at other companies that have hedge funds behind them or or, or that sort of thing. Not that I would want to give up control, but, you know, you you look and they splash money around everywhere. And it's like, man, that that would be that'd be nice. However, doing it the way we've done it has, has made us very disciplined. I mean, very, very disciplined, disciplined with cost, disciplined with revenue, disciplined with financing. And so I started the company and I had I had I before billboards I, in my high school days, I ran farm markets. I'm a, I'm a farm kid from the Midwest. My dad was a farmer and, you know, I, I'm the oldest of seven kids and the mm-hmm. least mechanically gifted. I mean, just so unmechanically gifted. It's not even funny. Yeah. And my dad looks at me. My dad looks at me when he when I was 18 and he just goes, you know, there's just not going to be enough farming for all of us, Justin, and you're okay. clearly the worst at it. So maybe <laughs> you should try something else. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, that's that's when I started looking for other things. But we got into the billboard business, and and when I did farm markets, I made about I think I made fifty thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. that's what I had in the bank, you mm-hmm. know, from from years of farm market. Mm-hmm. And I used that money, and I, I remember I remember I'd stuck it in the stock market, Dave, and mm-hmm. I remember thinking to myself, all right, you know, this is good, and and I got to about seventy thousand dollars total, yeah. oh, you know, through through the years, and in oh eight oh nine, it went down to like. 45. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I remember and I remember thinking to myself, Dave, my gosh, you know, I can lose my money all by myself. I don't need <laughs> other people to lose it for me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so and so I pulled it out. I pulled yeah. it out at probably the worst time to pull yeah. it out. Yeah. And and that's that's what I used to start the billboard company. And mm. you know, that got me my first like four signs, five wow. signs. Something wow. like that. Then from there, I, I was very fortunate. I was very, very blessed. My grandfather had passed away probably six to seven years mm-hmm. before this time, and and he had left us. He had left a, a, a trust to to some of his grandkids, mm-hmm. and it was it was forty thousand dollars. That's how much. That's how much kind of like the portion yeah. that I had I had get, gotten, and I did not know about this. I didn't. My, yes. my dad had kept it very, very, you know, very yes. private. He didn't want me to know. And I am, I am so, I am so, when I think back on what we've mm-hmm. done, I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. That helps us get a couple extra signs, mm-hmm. a couple extra, a couple extra billboards that kind of like put us over the edge a little bit. And so like, you know, I kind of, when I think about what we've done, I think about that foundation that he kind of gave us. And I, I'm so, so very grateful for it. And, and so, so, you know, we, we built and built and built to, to the point where I think, I think we bootstrapped with my cash and, and then, and then, and then that, and, and until we got to about 50 signs. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and I remember at that point, there was, do you remember, do you remember Obama at that point was, he was, he had put, he'd put together, well, in Congress, I guess, had put together this like infrastructure package that was billions and billions of dollars. And so, you know, they, they were spending money all, all over the place on mm-hmm. all these roads. Well, do you know the big green signs along the highway? Do you mm-hmm. remember those? You mm-hmm. know, you see them all the time, the, yep. the, you know, in, you know, exit five miles ahead or whatever. Yes. Well, right about the time that right about the time that I was, you know, we were building, 
they were taking down all of those in our area and they were, you know, they were great. They were great. It was great steel. It mm-hmm. was, it was galvanized. It was wonderful. And I, I went to the company that was taking them down. I said, I would like to buy the steel from you. Wow. And they're like, all right, all right, kid. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, go, you know, you know, let us know. So I bought several truckloads of, of steel from them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then from there, there was a, there was a local bank that I went to that that gave me a chance and mm-hmm. they they you know they i think they did like maybe a hundred thousand or something like that mm-hmm. and you know we were out we were out building the billboards ourselves we were you know fabricating yes. them ourselves and then about the time i got to about 70 billboards my my occupancy rate was atrocious i mean just it was atrocious i mean it was maybe 40 percent or something like that. i mean it was just it was yep. absolutely awful because I was, I was doing everything you know I yes would, i would have nice clothes on and i would talk to an advertiser and then I would immediately change out of those clothes in my car and I would, I would get into climbing gear and I would go change out of vinyl. And then, you know, and then from there I would chop down trees, you know, just like that wow. was my day every day. And I would do land leasing and it just, I was doing everything. And um, mm-hmm. so we got to about 60, 70 billboard spaces. My little sister at that time, Jenna was, I think like, I think at that point she was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. She looked at me and goes, Hey, Justin, like, you know, why don't you let me take over the sales and, and you, you know, continue to do uh, land leasing and, and yeah. other things. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And that, she became a partner in the business. Uh-huh. And then my brother at the same time, my brother was 16. Yes. You know, he came to me and goes, Justin, I think I can build these things for you. Like, let me do that. Wow. And so, you know, on that found, on that foundation of my sister doing mm-hmm. sales, you know, she, she, she did great. I mean, she immediately, she immediately filled it up to like 90% occupancy. Wow. And then my, and, you know, she was, 17 years old. And then wow. my, my brother Chase, you know, immediately took over building our costs went down dramatically. Kind of on that foundation, we continued to build and build and build and build. And then uh, we got to about 500 billboards. My sister Jenna got elected as state representative. I mean, she knew mm-hmm. everybody in the district because, you know, she'd been she dealing with them with billboards for years. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, she was 24 years old. She, she got elected and we'd gotten to the place billboard wise where it's just like, this, we can't, it's just, you know, there's three of us running this thing and it's just, we're, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. So we hired a general manager at that point. He has really just done a phenomenal job of professionalizing the management and really getting us to a place where, you know, from there we've, you know, grown very significantly and, and Mar- you know, everything's just been very well. And so things have transitioned a bit. Now you've done some digital. How big is your, your digital and what have you learned? Yeah, you know, it's a good digital. Digital is a funny thing. So, so we had a company in Florida, Sister Jen and I. The very first company we ever had was we did we did indoor digital signage mm-hmm. on islands in Florida. Hmm. Okay, so like think like Siesta Key. We had hmm. we had digital displays. Now we put them in we put them in restaurant lobbies, right? Mm-hmm. High traffic areas, and we would have networks. Seven, we'd have like twelve on Siesta Key. We'd have like ten on Sanibel, yes, St. Pete Beach, etc. And you know, we operated that company for two or three years, and we learned a ton. And, and, and one of the things we learned was that we really very much dislike the fact that the power goes on and off on islands constantly. Mm, <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. It, it just wreaked havoc on our software and on, and on, on our, and on our systems. And so, you know, that was probably five to six years ago. We, we have this company and you know, it just, it was, it, it was fine. It, you know, we made money off of it and we ended up eventually selling it, mm-hmm. but we got done with that. And I think we, we all just 
we looked we looked at digital the same way we looked at like that that company we're just like we'll never do that again mm-hmm. we just will that we're never making that is never going to be us again we are done it is such a headache we don't want to do it again so we, we didn't I mean, we had not done digital until beginning of 20 or excuse me end of 2020 we had some really good locations that needed to be converted yeah and so we're like well let's let's stick our let's stick our you know our, our toe in mm-hmm. end of 2020 we built our first two two signs mm-hmm. we learned a lot from them and then and then in 2021 last year we put in 22 i think digital wow so now we're up in the 24 25 range and you know i'm thankful that we waited as long as we did because i think it, it helped us get the fundamentals of the billboard business down before we kind of jump to something new i mean digitals are broadly the same thing mm-hmm. but but they there's some key differences and i, I and so you know, for us, what we look for in digital locations is, you know, you have to have locations that have an enormous amount of traffic that, in my opinion, at least, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's other opinions, but you have to have lots of traffic and it has to be in a spot that that is that has some kind of like standstill. So a, mm-hmm. a light or a lot of traffic or something like that, that's really going to drive revenue. And so you know, I am I am fascinated by digitals. I'm very fascinated. I, I am bullish now on on the future of of digitals because I think in a lot of small towns and communities, I really think these are going to replace, in, in some ways, could replace um, newspapers as as one of the ways that these local communities get their news and hear about new things. And so, you know, for us, what we're looking to do with our digitals is. You know, I want to give them ex- an ex- I want to give people an excuse to continually look at those digitals, right? I, I want the- I don't want them to be just all ads. I want them. I want you know. I want the local nonprofits to have events on there. I want us to do you know the scores of the local basketball games. I want people when they're driving and they don't have a whole lot to do instead of just ignoring it. I want them to look because they're going to hear about local news. Yeah. And so I'm bullish on that. And then I'm I'm also bullish on the programmatic. The programmatic is very interesting. You know, it's, it doesn't make up a huge, significant chunk of, of revenue at this point, but I, I, you know, that is the future. We, someone is going to figure out how to do essentially the Google AdWords of digital and yes. of, of outdoor out of advertising. And when they do, it is going to bring a whole lot of money to this industry. Whose um, automated platforms are you connected to? Oh, I, Vistar. Blip, Blip to me is is fascinating. It's mm-hmm. a very fascinating platform. I frequently bother our our digital guy in our office that that can, you know that manages all that stuff. And I, I just I was sitting and asking him about about fifty questions about Blip and yeah. how it works. Yeah. And, you know what what's been the results and all this kind of stuff. But you know it's just to me it's just fascinating whether it's Blip or any of the other mm-hmm. any other services we use. Is it's just like it's like it's like one ad mm-hmm. or two ads for a day, and they're paying you like. 20 bucks or 50 bucks right. or 100 bucks or something you know something like that and it's it's it's, it's it, it is where our industry probably needs to go and it and is going rapidly and i look at advertising i'm like holy cow and justin you can't have your salespeople go out and chase down 100 dollars ad right. right but i, I find right. the same thing you know i my company uh, i own a little digital sign down in sherman texas yep. and blip ads about 10 to 15 percent to my monthly revenue just these little ads that I, you know, my sales guy, I don't want him chasing. And they just, it's found money. It's found money. It's it's like money we never would have get, gotten. Yeah. You know, I think about, I think about things like movie releases, you know, and I think yes. about, yes. oh my gosh, you know, the new, the new Marvel movie is coming out in three or four days. Right. You know, gosh, you know, for a million bucks, boy, they can get a whole lot of, whole lot of awareness about, yes. you know, people are already semi-aware. 
but it's like reminder advertising. And I look at that and I just go, man, that is powerful. And, and, you know, like your, like your billboard, you know, if it's 10 to 20, 10 to 20% of found revenue, yep. holy cow. I mean, that, that is really significant for our industry. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. It's pure profit. Now who's, who signs, which manufacturer are you using? We broadly use Fermetco. Mm-hmm. Fermetco has done a, a very good job for us. Very, mm-hmm. very good job for us. And yeah, they, they, they look nice, you know, have been very reliable. And un, unlike us down in, in Florida with, <laughs> you know, our kind of jerry-rigged hardware, yes. Fermetco seems to know what they're doing. And we have had very, very few few issues. And so so all the nightmares that I thought we would have, you know, going back into digital, we have not had. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Justin, you know, the future, I, I do think digital play-based is big. And you're going to see little digital screens more places, including indoors. But the, one of the challenges of indoors play-based is also short leases. You know, if you have a landlord yes. in a restaurant or a retail venue or a mall that says, uh, I'll do a five-year lease with you. Very hard to get your money yeah. out and get a reasonable return. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. You're you're 100 right. It's also it's also you know we we had tried a whole lot of we put cameras on them to yes. track audiences, yep. and dwell times and stuff, and it just is you know we tried to connect cell phones, you know you know basically flip phones and your flip screens yes. and connect to you know screens in the pocket. It, it just it's not quite there yet. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and I, you know, with privacy, with those, all the privacy things that Apple and Apple and others are, are putting into their, yeah. their cell phones. I, I, I wonder how effective that'll be for, for, you know, indoor, indoor mm-hmm. digital, but you know, if, if you're in the right spot, you get the right contract, it can be great. It's just like, like anything you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know your market well and, and know yep. your audience well and then, and then sell that. Justin, one of the remarkable things that I admire you for is how you have also not neglected other other parts of your life. This isn't focusing on the business to the exclusion of everything else. Talk about some of the other things you've done. I mean, I, I look at your list at Atlas Institute, Forge Leadership Network, Ohio Christian University, you're on their board, and you also got Am I right? You're just finishing up a master's degree of all places at Harvard University. But talk about other activities, how they add into what you're doing. <laughs> so, so you know, the Harvard thing is just funny. I, you know, I, I am a country kid from Dark County, Ohio. And, you know, that just is it's kind of funny. So how that started was I did not feel like I had enough knowledge when it came to to finances you know to kind of hire finance with where the company was going i just didn't feel like i had enough uh, uh, enough education or, or information when it came to that so i thought you know surely there's got to be you know somewhere out there that you know could, could teach me how to do this stuff and you know there was a executive degree you could get from the executive master's degree you could get from harvard and you know i was like you know i'll just take a couple classes and you know it'll be good experience so i started this January of 2020. And I thought to myself, man, I am just not going to have any time. You know, I, I, I'll be surprised if I can pass, you know, one or two classes and, and then the pandemic hit. And I mean, it went from, Mm -hmm. you know, it went from January, we were out skiing in Colorado and in February, you know, things were crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in January, I told my general manager, I was like, have you, has anybody ever heard about this? You know, have you, has any of the salespeople mentioned any of this coronavirus stuff? You know, have you heard about this weird thing from Wuhan and you know, no, 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 you know, February, same thing. No, Justin, never, you know, we haven't heard any of this stuff. And then, and then by like 
first week of March. Like it was like, yes, Justin, we've heard about this. People are getting a little nervous. And then like things came to a cr- just a screeching yes. halt in March, like middle of March, like March 13th. I mean, it was just like shut down. Everything was shut down. So, you know, it was it was good timing for me to do my <laughs> for, for me to get my degree. And it just everything social just kind of like stopped. And so I kind of doubled down on the degree and I just said, well, this will be something good to do this year. And uh, it has been very good. helpful, very, very helpful. I found it very helpful and it's helped the business quite a bit. Very, very blessed to do that. I, I think it's important to continue to learn. And then, you know, as for Alice, I, I think it's, there's a lot of small businesses in my area, a lot of really good, hardworking people in our area. And I think that a lot of times these hardworking people, young, hardworking people in my area, they have the specific knowledge to their industry and they have the hard work ethic to go a long way. Sometimes what they lack is, is business knowledge and business is a language and is an art unto mm-hmm. itself. And so, you know, for some of these small businesses, I want them to get beyond, you know, a, a job business where, you know, they're making enough to support themselves to the place where it's like, no, you have a business, you have plenty of excess revenue that you can, you know, donate to your local community, mm-hmm. you can hire additional people and, and that sort of thing. And so one of the things I do is we have a, at my company, we have a board of advisors and, and three times a year, I create a board report. I go to the board of advisors and, you know, I've got, I've got four people on the board. I've got a former CFO of a billboard company, a former CEO of a billboard company, head of, head of legal of a, of a large logistics company. And then he's basically a, he was a fundraiser for a large apartment building investment fund. And so they're on the board. And, you know, what I do is I create the board packet about two, I start creating board packet about two mm-hmm. weeks before. And, and one of the things we do with Atlas is I, I bring these small business owners into the process with me of writing my board packet. So, you know, on, on, on Monday, I will, I'll meet with them and, you know, I'll kind of present what's going on with the company. I'll come up with some problems. You know, and they'll ask me a bunch of questions. I'll ask them a bunch of questions and I'll kind of go, okay, this is what I think the broad outline of, of the board, board report will look like. And then between Monday and Wednesday, I'll write the board report, create the board package, and then I'll meet back with them and we'll go through it. We'll discuss it. We'll talk about their businesses a little bit. And then I invite them to come to the board meeting the following Monday and they get to see the whole process of, of what that looks like. And, and, you know, with the idea of like, hey, you're going to learn a little bit about business, but also you're going to learn a little bit about you know, how to get good advisors, how to get good advice. Cause you know, it's just, you, you need that, you know, you can't know everything. And, and so you need to bring, bring people in. So that's, you know, that's Atlas and along with some, you know, some other conferences and training things we do. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. And I, you know, it's been funny every time I do something like this, I, I just get so much more out of it. I feel like than I, than I give and, uh, you know, people think differently than you and, you know, even, even, you know, different industries you bring in to look at it. It's like, Oh, Justin, you know, you do, you do it this way. You know, in my industry, we do it this way. Have you ever thought about that? Oh my gosh, you're right. And some really great ideas have come from it. So yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed to give back a little bit to the community. And, and the more, you know, I'm from a small town. Our, our major, our major employer is, is the local factory. And, you know, the more people that I can help create businesses, I think the better off our community will be. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Justin. 
Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Purchase your hard copy or ebook at billboardinsider.com. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is davewestberg at billboardinsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks.